Welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, founder of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. All right. Welcome to this episode of Thriving Advisors. I'm your host, Chad Bryan. I've got Ike Koki with us today. He is the CEO, the founder of the Seven Figure Mentor Program and the Cochinaire Institute. Ike, how you doing today, man? And I'm doing so good. If I, as a matter of fact, if I were doing any better, I think I need a twin just to contain all the excitement, man. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's nothing wrong with doing great. Hey, I, I want to get right into it with you. Uh, a lot of people are probably wondering, uh, as far as the Coaching Air Institute, Seven Figure Mentor Program, uh, what exactly is it that you do? I mean, what is your day to day? What's your day look like? Yeah, I appreciate that. My day is uh, pretty, pretty exciting. I get to spend uh, most of my day talking to existing clients or prospective clients, just depending on which way the the wind is blowing. Uh, but we're really, really excited about our seven-figure mentor program that we offer through the Cochinaire Institute. And the, the origin of that program was really out of a lot of sweat, pain, guts, and uh, just challenges uh, that we've, that I've experienced being an entrepreneur who had a big dream for what he wanted to do. And typical for most entrepreneurs is uh, the pathway to getting to realizing that dream is seldom a straight line. There's a lot of bends and twists and turns and setbacks and obstacles and all kinds of stuff that happen. And uh, so through a lot of the wisdom that's been garnered through those years, we, we created this seven-figure mentor program as a way to really break the back of hopelessness, uh, to really try to help end hopelessness. And our goal is to raise up an army of seven-figure mentors by using business coaching as the vehicle to do that. And within the program, 
we work with aspiring and existing coaches. So existing business leadership mindset coaches, it doesn't matter. As long as they're a coach, uh, they could be a candidate for the program. But a lot of our aspiring coaches are coaches who don't even realize that they got the stuff, (laughs) that they've got the goods, so to speak, right? And so specifically for this show, as an example, um, one of the ideal candidates for our program are executives. They're executives who either have started creating their own exit out of corporate America into what like the next chapter of their life might look like, or maybe, especially since we're still living in a quasi post pandemic world, it's still fresh in our minds. Maybe they've been forced into an exit as a result of the pandemic, as a result of other economic uncertainties, maybe the companies that they work for are now saying, hey, we want younger blood in here and you're 50 and above and so you don't qualify anymore. And so for a lot of people who find themselves in that position, it can be pretty scary trying to map out what this next chapter of your life is gonna look like. And so we've got tools, we've got resources to help navigate that path to make it a lot easier. And uh, for those who don't realize that 20 or 30 years in corporate America as an executive, where you have responsibility over PL, where you've been coaching and mentoring employees and dealing with everything that comes with that role, has built this really invaluable asset that you can monetize. by actually creating a personal brand that speaks to some of the expertise that you've gathered over the years and using all of that experience now to help really mentor and coach other small business owners. Part of our value proposition within our plan and our program is the fact, you know, you might've heard Geico say this in the commercials, give us 15 minutes and we'll save you 15% or more in car insurance. Well, once we've trained and mentored the people we bring into our program, literally within an hour, like if they spent an hour with a small business owner, they can not only articulate, but they can illustrate and they can demonstrate how they could help that small business owner add another hundred, oftentimes a half a million dollars or more in new revenues and profits. And when you do that for a small business owner, which for us are businesses that are doing anywhere from a half a mil to maybe three mil, that's a financial transformation to their business like no other. So it creates the opportunity for participants in our program to really build a high revenue, high margin, high impact practice as they carve out what the next chapter of their life might look like. Okay. I think, you know, speaking of what's next, um, I mean, what made you start thinking about this? I mean, what got you, what kind of flipped your mindset into, okay, I'm, I'm in the corporate world. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, you know, X amount of success. I've done this. I've done that. What made you start to think about, okay, now what's next? What do I do from here? Yeah. So um, I often share, you know, that there are really two types of entrepreneurs Uh, They're sort of what I call born entrepreneurs. And you'll remember these guys. Those were the guys in high school and junior high who had the, you know, lollipop stand, the ice cream stand. They were selling something, right? Could have started out with cookies (laughs) and migrated to something else, right? And then they get to college and they've got a side hustle. 
And maybe the side hustle starts taking off. Maybe they, they don't even finish college or you find out that they're making six figures in income, you know, while still being on the basketball team, whatever it is, right? So those are like born entrepreneurs. These are people who've had it in their blood since they were little. And then there's what I call forced entrepreneurs, which that's me. <laughs> I went through a season, what, almost exactly 20 years ago, right around 9-11, where I experienced what I call the trifecta of uh, financial challenges, difficulties, whatever it is you want to call it. Not only did I experience being unemployed for 18 months, but it was right around 9-11. So uh, obviously the impact was significant to our country, but from a financial perspective, the tech market collapsed. And so I lost a ton of money with the market collapse but then I also lost even more money with my real estate portfolio because I had almost a dozen properties that now, because I didn't have income, I didn't have assets, and I had tenants who couldn't pay their rent, I couldn't keep the properties. Sure. So I was forced into foreclosure, forced into bankruptcy, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out why I could not find employment. It was like a mystery because, Chad, I, I mean, I kid you not, if you were a betting guy and you were going to bet on somebody who had the qualifications to be reemployed quickly, yeah. I was probably one of the safest bets out there. Yeah. I had a bachelor's degree. I had a master's degree. I graduated at the top of my class for both my bachelor's and master's. I had obtained licenses as a certified public accountant, as a certified financial planner, and I had worked for two of what used to be the big six accounting firms back then. So I had an impeccable resume, right. yet and still, I couldn't pay somebody to hire me. I now know through the gift of wisdom and hindsight and all that other stuff that comes with the benefit of time, that my destiny was in corporate, was outside of corporate, outside of corporate America as an entrepreneur, as opposed to a corporate employee. And I'm a believer. And, and I just, I know that God knows just how stubborn I am. And I think in his mind, he said, if I don't make it absolutely clear to Ike that his time in corporate is done, <laughs> he's never going to take this next step he needs to take to become an entrepreneur. You're going to keep grinding, right? Exactly. So I finally took that leap of faith when I realized nobody's going to hire me. Might as well just go into business for myself. Right. And so I went into business for myself and I literally experienced some of the things that I'd had mentors and coaches tell me many years that I thought was just a bunch of nonsense. Like one of my mentors back then used to go, do you realize that you could turn your annual income into a monthly income? I'm sitting there doing the math. I'm like, here's how much I make each year. And I'm like, that's pretty good stuff. Are you talking about doing that on a monthly basis? I'm like, get out of here. You can't be serious. But I kid you not, three to five years after being an entrepreneur, I got to a place where I looked back at like the highest level of salary that I had ever earned. Yeah. And I was seeing that as monthly recurring revenue. It opened up an incredible window to financial freedom but it also created time freedom. It also set me on a path of finally doing the very things that all of my life prior to that point was like preparing me to do. 
but it wasn't an easy road. There are a lot of failures, a lot of lessons learned. So I know how difficult and frightening it might be to see something that you've come to know and love and appreciate and almost identify with as part of you know, who you are, having worked in corporate and have that door shut, or you plan you know, what the next phase is and you're like, what am I gonna do? This is all I've known. Yeah. There's a pathway to stepping into the unknown and thoroughly enjoying the process of getting there. Yeah, necessity is the mother of invention, right? You said you it right. Choice. You've got to do something. You've got to that's do something. Right. That's right. And I think that's an important, that makes me think, I mean, what are some of the challenges that you face? Because I, I know specifically the unknown is what terrifies most people. Uh, when you yeah. do have the choice, whether or not to take that leap, uh, you know, cold comfort for change. I mean, it's, you know, I think people, when they know the challenges, they they, they can probably meet them. Uh, yeah. You don't become a, a CEO, an entrepreneur. You don't do these things and have success without the ability to meet some challenges. Um, but I think it's just knowing what some of those are. So, I mean, what are some of the challenges that you faced? I mean, just you know, like you said, going from the corporate world to being completely on your own. Yeah, I, I tell and I share this all the time that a lot of people don't understand the dynamics of what business really looks like. And so whether it's an executive, whether it's an accountant like myself, whatever it is, a lot, oftentimes people are really good at what I would call the, the skill of making a widget. Yeah. That widget could be you're an executive, a VP. Uh, it could be that you were an accountant. It could be that you are an architect, whatever it is, you're extremely gifted at making the widget. That by itself could lead you to think, well, of course, I've done this really, really well in my corporate role. There's no reason why I'm not going to experience as much, if not more success, once I step into the role as an entrepreneur. Right. Nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> and here's why. Most initial entrepreneurs don't realize that there's three things that really mark, serve as a marker as to how successful they're going to be. Uh, one is the whole idea that you are first of all an independent marketer of just how brilliantly you make that widget. And to the degree that you are successful in marketing said widget is to the degree you're going to see the requisite number of dollars come through the doorway to make it worth your while. So you've got to master the art and the skill of marketing what it is you do. First, second major challenge is the idea that you are really in the belief changing business because said widget and what it's supposed to do is going to be diametrically opposed to people you want to serve and the perspective that they have about, I already got the right widget. What makes yours any different? They may have beliefs. They may have patterns of thinking. They may have ways about them that are diametrically opposed to the fact that this widget is actually what you need, not what you exactly, not whatever you have right now. So the ability to literally, one, be aware of how limiting people's mindsets might be around the value proposition that you have and articulate a way to skillfully cause them to make the shift from what they thought to be true to what's actually true about the destiny, the goal that they have for themselves is a really, really serious skill set that entrepreneurs need to master as well. So that's the second thing. You got to know you're an independent marketer. Mm -hmm. 
of whatever product or service you offer. And you've got to be really good at that. And then two, you got to recognize that you're in the belief changing business. The third one is another really, really key component is the idea of recognizing that you are also in the relationship management business. Doesn't really just, it's, that's not relegated to just the fact that you decided to become an entrepreneur. But if you think about what makes the world goes around is the fact that we're always managing relationships, whether it's the relationships with our spouse, with the mailman, the milkman, back in the days, <laughs> we had people <laughs> delivering milk, relationship with your kids, relationship with teachers, relationship with whatever stakeholders that you have. Yeah. And so those soft skills uh, in terms of how to maneuver through the landmines that exist with everybody's garbage that they may have, that may be impacting the way in which they choose to relate to you. Mm-hmm. But also even from a marketing and a sales perspective is to realize that you have to earn the right to be able to solve somebody's problem just because you've got a great product, just because you've got a great solution doesn't mean automatically you're just going to convince me to buy said product or solution, especially if your focus is just on the product and the solution. Because here's what I know to be true after almost two decades of being an entrepreneur. People don't buy products and solutions. They buy a relationship with you first, which, oh, by the way, just happens to have a product and a solution that comes with it. So if you're spending your entire time in a new prospective relationship, trying to razzle and dazzle somebody with benefits and features and how great the product is and how much the solution's a good fit for them, but you've not captured their attention, you've not connected with them at a level that's at the heart level, you've not nurtured the relationship, you've not already delivered value first to show them that you care about them as an individual, before you care about whatever product or solution that you have to offer, you will not have built what I call relational currency. Best analogy to that is simply this. Nobody goes into a bank, makes a deposit of $100, walks out of that bank, goes to the ATM and tries to withdraw $10,000. You don't have sufficient credits or deposits in the bank to be able to do that. And so too often in business, we're trying to razzle and dazzle people with the product and the solution. And it's like, we've not made sufficient deposits into the relationship first to earn the right and the privilege to be able to solve those very product problems that the product or the solution may actually efficiently and effectively solve for. So those are three major challenges that I know that as entrepreneurs that I've faced, that I've had to kind of reckon with and realize I got to get really, really good at all three of these things. Otherwise, it's bust. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a great analogy. Uh, You you really do get out what you put in. Um, And and that's in so many things. I mean, it's, you know, there's a reason it's an analogy. I mean, it it fits. It's time tested. Um, And I like that, too, because I I think that building relationships now, especially is, is so much more important. Uh, yeah. Because we don't have those face-to-face conversations anymore. I mean, we don't. We took those things for granted for so long that you know you're just so many people were in and out, so many marketing opportunities in and out. You know, you're busy. Someone wants to talk over lunch. You know, maybe you, you give them fifteen or twenty minutes, but you're not really listening or whatever it is. And I think now when we do have the the time to sit down with someone, yeah, that we really do, you know, hold it for what it's worth. I mean, it's it's you know it's few and far between anymore. 
Yes. Wasn't it Maya Angelou who said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly right. It's exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, you got to put in the time. And like I said, like you said, you get out what you put in. Uh, what are some of the goals? And I think this is kind of an interesting thing. I, I think I know some of your goals. Your goals are obviously to, to, to help people make that transition. But I think it's it, kind of an interesting twist. I mean, how have your goals changed from the start of this to, to where you are now? I mean, obviously things, things develop. I mean, have you given that any thought? Yeah. So for me, it's um, like I exist to just inspire people uh, to recognize that they can break every visible and invisible boundary that they've set over what they think they can be, do, or have. I know just through the difficulties and challenges that I've experienced over the course of being an entrepreneur, uh, being a father, being a husband, that um, hopelessness can set in really, really quickly. Uh, when we don't have the right resources, people around, uh, the right tools to deal with unmet expectations, right? And so whether it's the executive who's been forced into an exit or who, uh, if it's the executive who's planning their exit and it feels like this huge, unsurmountable task, this new thing that they need to do and they don't feel like they have the tools and resources, I just want to be someone who can come alongside of them and go, hey, listen, this doesn't have to be as difficult or as challenging as you think it is. And provide a platform for them to really be able to learn from others who are either in the process of kind of contemplating what that looks like, uh, who've done an incredible job of one, establishing their personal brand outside of corporate, because that's one of the first things you have to do is like create your personal brand and uh, start leveraging that for what that's going to look like as you kick off a consulting business or whatever it is you may do. So just being that person who can come alongside of them and say, hey, I have the tools, I have the resources, I have a platform uh, to really kind of help you navigate the terrain and uh, not make a lot of the mistakes that others might make if they try to venture out and do that on their own. What, uh, speaking of venturing out, doing it on your own, uh, what, because that's terrifying to me. Um, and it is anytime and it's always exhilarating when you actually make the leap, you know, when you know that you have the information that you need to, to make that decision to do the thing, whatever it is that you're, you're, you know, on the fence about, sure. uh, you make the leap. Like I said, it's just exhilarating, you know, when you're like, okay, I can do this. I have this, whatever it is, this passion, this fire, this, this confidence, Sure, you know, I guess what were some of the things that, what were your biggest concerns? I mean, what were you worried about most when you started? I mean, when you set out on your own, I mean, I, like I said, the worries are, are balanced. I mean, what, what worried you the most? Yeah. I think the belief factor is far and beyond one of the biggest ones, right? Because <laughs> just because we haven't done something doesn't mean we can't do it. And the fact that we don't know how to do it doesn't mean that we're not going to find out how. And so too many people get like they stop dead in their tracks in their tracks because they get to that point where they, well, I don't know how. Yeah. And not knowing how has never been a precursor to actually getting something done. We've got aviation. We've got the Wright brothers who gave birth to flight. And if you look at their history, They didn't know a lick about what it was going to take to actually create an airplane, but it didn't stop them 
from creating this incredible technology that we all enjoy today. I've got the light on, you know, in my in my office. And we look at the founder, the, the person who's credited with, you know, creating the light bulb. He went over 10,000 attempts before he actually figured out how. Right. I mean, you look at Tesla and some of the stuff, the work that, you know, Elon Musk is doing. And whether it's trying to get people to the moon. I mean, do you know how many times he wasn't aware of what the process was going to look like and how he was going to get there, but just having the sheer determination to realize that more important than knowing how is having absolute clarity that this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is what the next chapter of my life is supposed to look like. When you've got extreme clarity about that, you start vibrating at a frequency that is so high that it's like the entire universe looks and they go, oh, Chad is getting ready to make the next epic move in his life. Let us bring into alignment every resource that he needs to get him to that next chapter. Because there are literally people that are waiting to receive the brilliance that you're going to exhibit and give off into the world as you step into that next chapter. And so you that's a that. I mean, things are going right. I think you can feel that. You, like you said, yes. you're vibrating on a different plane. I mean, you you can feel that you're moving in the right direction. And I think the key is knowing what decisions to make and when to make those decisions because it's so hard to stay on that plane. Absolutely. Just to just to stay in the right direction and to keep being successful. Yeah. You know, that's that's tough. Um, I think that's all the time that we actually really have for today. I want to wrap it up with that. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but sure. Yeah, it's been a great conversation. I um I always appreciate speaking with you, man. You're you're so positive. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. You don't meet many people that exude positivity. You know, um sometimes you can feel it. You can feel that little bit of that negative vibe or whatever yeah, when people have feel their day on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm guilty of that at times too. I mean, everybody does it. But man, I mean, the, the time that we've had to, to speak, man, every time you've made me feel a little bit better about my day. Like I'm, I'm done. You know, I, I get done talking with you. I'm like, all right, I, he's got me feeling like I can do this today. <laughs> well, it's part, it's part of my mojo. It's part of my DNA. And uh, to just activate the gift that's in you and just, you know, you, we talked, we joked early on, you know, in the, in the green room, I guess, about just the whole idea of Superman. And we, we all have superpowers, right? And we just need the right person to come alongside of us and go, hey, it's time for you to show that S. Stop walking around here like like Lois. Stop walking around here. I mean, you, you've got some superpowers that you need to release into the world. And it's a disservice not to do so, to be perfectly honest. So There's a reason when we watch those, uh, those parts, key parts in those movies, we get goosebumps everywhere. That's right. That's right. It's speaking right through our hearts. Exactly. Hey, Ike, man, it's been a great talk. Uh, like I said, man, it's always nice talking with you. Uh, again, Ike Koku, founder, seven-figure mentor program, the Coach and Air Institute. Ike, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. So glad that you're hosting our, our show as well, The Thriving Advisors. I think it's going to be just an exceptional opportunity for a lot of the executives and other guests that we'll have come through the show. Uh, I'm just kind of have that space. Yeah, I'm excited to help in any way that I can. You know, it's just... Exactly. It's great to be a part of something that's, like I said, so positive and seems so destined to be successful to me. Awesome. Well, thanks for everything you're doing. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Of course. Ike Koku here. And on behalf of I, thank you so much for listening to the Thriving Advisor Show. 
If you're a successful executive who's been thriving in the boardroom with the work that you do with your current employer, and you're starting to think of how you'll also crush it outside of the boardroom in post-corporate life, or you've already started making some strides in that direction and are crushing it with your work in the local community, with local charities, and with your passion project or your consulting work that's been built around your personal brand, and you'd like to be featured as a guest on this program, then please visit www.thecochinaireinstitute.com. That's www.thecochinaireinstitute.com forward slash podcast and you can go ahead and apply to be a guest on this show now if you've got something out of this interview and you'd love to share this episode on social media go ahead and do so just take a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social media channels if you know someone who'd be a great guest go ahead and tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Thriving Advisors. Hashtag Thriving Advisors. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. You know, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs ups, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show. And it means a lot to both me and my team. Want to know more? Go ahead and go to our website, www.thecochinaireinstitute.com. That's T-H-E-C-O-A-C-H-N-A-I-R-E-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at Ike Ikoku. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram with the same handles. Again, that's at Ike, I-K-E, Ikoku, I-K-O-K-W-U, and Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time.